0: Smaller, or let's say you ever, if you're afraid you're going to get punched, you sort of contract, you sort of like pull in because you're afraid you're going to get hurt. Well, we've pulled in so many times that we've gotten locked into that contraction. Yeah we have a very difficult time. It's like the mind, if so, the conditional mind, if something upsets the conditional mind and it wants to protect itself, let's say it was like, here's the mind with many, many windows, what happens is all the windows get closed. Yeah? And then once they're closed, it's very difficult to get them open again. Very freaking difficult. So, this whole idea is being confused, thinking you have it, that that's just part of this process. You're putting a foreign, uh, you're dropping a foreign idea into this thought system, yeah? That goes contrary to its whole theme, yeah? And, but this is the beauty of it. There is mind, a big M mind, right where you're sitting right now, that already knows this already, completely knows it. Now, all it needs is to hear the possibility, and maybe it will start entertaining it in this manifestation, And maybe if it does, you're going to start traveling lighter through your life. Yeah? Seemingly as you, but not as you or by you or for you. There'll be a a mind, the mind will move sort of like a, a large amount of its interest and attention will leave the dead occupation of selfing, which is this constant pointing and inferring and assuming and implying that there's a someone there. If there's never, there never was or there ever will be a someone there. All it is is pointing, pointing, pointing. And then we play the role of the moon. The mental state, the mind makes the leap into identification as a body. And then this place makes total sense. All the fear that we've entertained makes total sense as a body. Because you can be hurt as a body. You're going to die as a body. Yeah, you may, you'll freeze if you don't have shelter. You'll starve if you don't have food. So all this identification as a body puts us in peril basically all day. So you think even if you have something, you're afraid you're going to lose it, like it says in AA. Or you have a huge fear you're never going to get what you want. Yeah, all rooted in being a body. The thoughts, the, all the thoughts... That are hatching in your head right now are about you as a body. Sometime in the past and sometimes in the future. So you're worrying about yourself as a body in the future, the head is, and you remember being a body now. You worry, you, you have all these resentments and regrets or you have great memories or whatever. See, but the great mem- memories are like throwing salt on the wound because you, you realize you're not in the great memory anymore. So it makes not it makes it worse here that it could have been so much better before because the only way you you can translate it not being good now is you did something you fucked it up yeah or someone some other you fucked it up so oh it was so great then it's just really it's there to point out that it's not so great now this is what it does all day. Yeah, it's like, it mimics, it mimics fear, which is a valid emotion. I mean, somebody, I see this healer, and he's a psychic healer, and he says, I've had like 49 traumatic events in this little acting figure hood. That's a lot of traumatic events. So, 49, 49 opportunities to really have fear in my life have gone through this body experience, yeah? but many of us are mimicking those 49 events before 12 o'clock p.m. in one day. You're, you're so anxious, rooted in what's not happening. So how are you ever going to find a solution to the effects of what's not happening? How? Are you going to be able to think yourself out of something that isn't so? It's not happening. It's not happening. It's the perfect disguise. How are you going to find a solution to what's not happening? And it's yet, it's influencing our day more than almost anything else is influencing our day. Most people who come in here and they're flipping out, they're not responding to this event, they're reacting to last week or they're reacting to thoughts about next week. It's not like, oh, that only happens once a day. It fucking happens most of the day. Look at people. Watch. Watch when some people walk. They're not walking today. They're walking into the future. They're walking. <laughs> you know, this is like you almost feel like a. you can see a hand pushing them. I used to go on, like, hiking with people. And I'd watch them, and their mind was four steps ahead, thinking about the next week's hike. <laughs> they were even in the fucking forest. <laughs> Seemingly. They were there. It was the most obvious easily accepted thing of of, of all, which is, you don't have to change a damn fucking thing. That's true acceptance. He was there, but for all intents and purposes, he wasn't. How could that possibly be produced if your body was in a location? What could override this experience? A mental state. But how does it override this experience? By being identified as a mental state by being devoted to the mental state's expression, which is thoughts. That's how thoughts about what's unhappening can override your experience right now, all freaking day. Because we pledge allegiance to that. Because we think the thoughts are about us. And we're totally enamored. I'm not enamored with us, I'm enamored with me. I don't give a fuck what happens to you today. But me, oh, fucking shoot, I could write tons of stories. I mean, I have monthly phone bills, $8,000, yapping to people that finally find someone who agrees with me of how fucked I am. Some weird way I get to feel right about that. Oh, great. I mean, it's a very satisfying. You know I'm right. They really fucked with me. But you're still fucked. Where's the relief? But I'm right about it. Great. Be right and alone the rest of your freaking life. It's like a bad deal. Yet we can't. It's sort of like watching a terrible movie, but you got you believe you're in one of the scenes. You don't know when, so you can't like edit it to that one little frame. Yeah, and you'll wait. You'll watch hours of shit. Just oh, there I am. Oh yeah. <laughs> We've been watching for thirty years, twenty-eight years, fifty years. It's all about me. Just keep on hoping. One day, it's all about me. I know it. No, it isn't. It's never been about you. (laughs) Life is happening, not to you. To you is the story of life. The event of life is life is happening. To you is the story, and it comes from the mental author. That's where it's written, that's where it's reviewed, that's where it's critiqued. That's where it's distributed. It's all in the mental state. It's all rooted in thoughts. And then if you have feelings, the feelings are totally co-opted by the thoughts, either before or after the feeling. See it. That's all you need, is to see that. To see that what I'm relying on or resting on is a failed system. So you won't be surprised... By its effects. You won't be surprised by its characteristics, which are excuses, rationales, and blames. Because a failed system would need excuses for its failures, would need to find someone to blame and rationalize them away. Yeah? The head's doing that most of the time because it's not, we're not seemingly happy, joyous, and free right now, and it seems to be the imperative. That's why we bought the fucking subscription. This is supposed to protect us and get us to get everything we want and then not want would translate into an incredible sense of being. It's fallen flat on its face. So what does it do? Excuses, rationale, and blame. After it's full of blaming everyone, God, is and that, it'll turn on you. And then there you are. Yes, that's right. I am to fucking blame. I knew it all along. I wish I would have gotten to it earlier. I am... It's because of me everything is like this. It is because of you everything is like this, but thank God you're not that you. Thank fucking God you're not the me you take yourself to be. You are not even close to that thing. That's why someone else, you could look at anyone in this room, I wouldn't trust everyone, but a few of them, and you could turn your life over to them, and your life would look better with them running it than it does you running it. Actually, the best person to get is the one who has the least amount of interest in you. They probably do the best job, because obviously you have the most amount of interest in you, and you're doing a fucking shitty job. So read the tea leaves and go the other way. Hey, Bob, come over here. Can you give me a master plan for the next year? Okay, Paul, I think you have this talent for that. And if you follow it, you'd probably be a happier camper. But no, no one knows me. Fuck is right. They don't know you. If they don't know the me you're taking yourself to be. No one sees it. No one sees you as the me you're thinking yourself to be. No one. No fucking person. I can have I'm with my friend and I'm going on my story. Usually it's with a lot of comedy in it, but my story that I'm a sociopath or you know, I don't feel like any person, I don't have joys and this and that... And they it just, it's just stories. It's just story after story after story. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've seen people, they feel like they're totally unloved, and yet tons of people loving them up all around them, but they don't see any of it because they're up the ass of self. You know? They want to get the divine proctologist to pull them out, but they want to get back in there again because they, they don't want to miss anything, <laughs> they want to be that person. This is it. It's called identification as self. That's the root of the problem. And it's also the opening of the solution, because if you realize it's identification as a self, that's the problem, you don't have to get rid of the self, there isn't one. You just just tell the truth about the identification as. And when you see the identification as the self is really the glue is because the self represents you, if you can start entertaining the idea that you're not a self, you'll lose interest in it. And then when you lose interest in it and attention, it will seem to lose effect in your life. Because its influence is your juice that's being given to it through identification. You're interested in it because you think it's you. Just like I'm interested in this conversation in the other room because I've already planned I'm going to marry that woman that I've never even spoken to and have my first child with her, yeah? So I'm keenly interested into hearing what she has to say about me. Hopefully, she's going to say something about me. and Because that way, hey, if she says, oh, I like that guy Paul, I'll go right up to her afterwards. And, oh, I'm sorry, I bumped into you. Hey, would you like to have a coffee with me? <laughs> Some fucking weird thing. <laughs> so, there I am now. So, I'm sitting here, and I'm supposedly in this room, but my interest is there, because it was, it's a lot more important, she's like my savior, than anything happening here. And I'm keenly interested in it. To the point where I'm not paying any attention to anything else. Suddenly I hear her say something and I'm really interested in it. And she says, I really like that guy Matt. And my name is Paul. What happens? My interest and attention, I don't have to do three months of a retreat to pull it out. It comes right out of that fucking room. It just moves right through this wall. And where is it? Find out where it goes. It will probably go right where you are. And it will start enriching your day instead of enslaving you. It's the interest and attention. We're extremely interested in our story. That's why the thoughts have power over us. It's not the thought, it's the my that precedes the thought. If I had Deb's thoughts going through my head, and there was a disclaimer underneath it, these are Deb's thoughts, I know the insanity of them in like five seconds. Yeah, But the same thoughts could be fooling me for 30 years, held as mind. you got to see, you want to find... You want relief, find the dilemma, and be clear about the dilemma. That's all you need to know. And then the relief will reveal itself to you, either if you're meant to go somewhere or do something, or maybe stop doing anything and just sit and let it download. But just tell the truth about what you're not, and you'll find out what you are. Instead of trying to find out what you are through what you're not, just find out what, realize what you're not, or at least start entertaining it, and then you'll find out what you are. And it's going to be incredibly surprising to your mental state. Incredibly surprising. For me, my life was very separate. It would be everything was excluded. Either I surfed or worked, or did this, either spirituality or this, and then it became super inclusive. Everything can be done. Everything can fit. Totally. Where did that come from? Did I take a course? Nothing. No. My mind shifted, and over the time that it shifted, I watched its expressions and why it started producing through this event, just like the selfing was producing through this event. A totally different package, a whole totally different results and effects. Totally different. Because the mind, the bigger mind, is, doesn't have self in it. There's no self-centered program in there, at all. So the downloads come in, and they have a different effect through this. Just like, how could this be a solid person and be an addict for 20-something years and now be recovered? Actually, a great saint, basically. How could that happen? Was I that addict? Or am I this? No, I'm neither. Whatever, whatever was running the show was the main expression. A long period of time, the mental addiction was running the show, trying to seek relief from itself, for itself, as itself, and there I was, a true addict. Then something shifted, and now something other is expressing through me, which is like an ease and comfort, pretty content, satiated, I lost a lot of interest in things I don't need any interest in, Shit like that. I'm not conducted or driven by time. I don't see... I have an immunity to what's not happening because I realize it's not happening. There was nothing more I needed to do. I stopped applying solutions to imaginary problems because that's a big fucking problem. I didn't try to preempt anything by my idea of solution before it had been patched. Yeah. I just show up, suit up, hold the space and see what happens. And yet after a period of time, all the comings and goings, all the comings and goings, there's been one constant, and that's what you are, the awareness of what's going on and what's not going on. The awareness of the thoughts about what's not happening, and the awareness of the thoughts being diminished and being totally present here. The same awareness. The same awareness hasn't come, hasn't gone, didn't get bigger, didn't get smaller. It's just a pure... Perfect, constant, stateless state, always available at all times, with no requirement necessary other than the ones you put up to meet it. Go back in any of you any moment of today day, if you go back as far as you can, you can never get behind what you are. You are that which is seen. And that which is seen is never going to be seen. It's never going to be objectified. It's never going to become a thing. It's pure subjectivity, looking out of all these little camera locations right now, thinking it sees a you, yeah? And then all of these yous see that incredible, unique me as a you. So everyone has this little mental crowning. We've been, we've been crowned. <laughs> Fight a false king of, of, of selfing, and we've been crowned me, you know, which gives me immunity to any kind of understanding what it's like to be a you because I'm not you. But I see you as a you all day, Paul. No, I think a differ. I'm me. Don't you understand? I'm different than you just because I'm me. And this looks different than that. I had the experience of it. I spent two years in the drug and alcohol program, 85 to 87, the Lancaster Street. They never saw me as as a me one second of those two years. And my life was better with them running it it, as a you, running this life that I called mine and me, as a you than I could ever do with me running it as a me. (laughs) As a me, I had no idea what I needed. I had no idea how to get what I needed. Yeah? I had no idea at all, but I wouldn't give up the fucking ghost and ask for help. Right? I just kept plowing along. You know? The thinking was so, so mutated that it got to a point, and this, this made total sense when this happened. I had a court date, October 10th, once when I was out there using, and uh, court going to court signified I could go to jail. Yeah, because it happened quite a lot. So I was afraid to go to jail. I was really deathly afraid to go to jail because I'd been in jail quite a lot of times. So my, I, I was mulling it over, and I went to my Greek oracle, you know, me, and I said, oh me, oh wise one, what should I do with this situation? And he says... Oh my son, just don't go to court. So fucking oh what? Dad, don't go to court. Oh, I circumvented the fear. It was, it it was relieved of me right at that moment. Oh sh. And so October tenth came. I'm sitting down, drinking and everything. This I was, I'm thinking about those poor jamokes, in the court case. I'm so fucking. Wise one, you worked again. I'm free from the fear. I didn't know there's no jail for me on the horizon. And then two days later, I'm driving my girlfriend's car and I get pulled over, seemingly without provocation. Like I, you know, I. What did I do? I didn't do anything. I didn't. But one of the parking lights was broken, so the police pulled me over and they asked me, you know, how they do it. They come up, they ask you for your license, and then they go. It was like. An eternity, they're in their car for 20 minutes, like, fucking, what, is there a novel on me right And then when you hear this, you know you're in trouble. Mr. Hedman, will you please step out of the car? (laughs) And I'm arrested, and I go to jail. Now I'm in jail, and I have two court dates. (laughs) What I was confronted with was the fear of jail, and my solution, put me in jail, and two court dates. That was one moment in a typical day of weeks, it's amazing we're alive, listening to that fucking broadcast so it. I swear to God, that was one event in a, in a day full of those type of events, signaled from and, and coming from the, fault, you know, the faulty thinking, jackpotting me every freaking week, every freaking week. It made total sense when I was thinking it through. And of course, I didn't share it with anybody. I didn't ask anybody. What's going to happen if I don't go to court? I never know. I, I know what's going to happen. I won't go to jail. But I get a <laughs> bench warrant because I didn't go to court. And when they stop you with a bench warrant, you go right to jail. <laughs> <laughs> you want to rely on something like that? And I don't care if you're in Pacific Heights. The thinking is still fucked. It's all fucked. The system that we're relying on is a failed system. There's some explorers of that failed system called addicts and alcoholics that can come to everyone and tell you what it's like to run a life on self-will. We can tell you where it's going to end up, but you won't listen because you think you're different than us. But you're just in a different... We're an extreme example of self-centeredness, but everyone's saddled with self-centeredness. And either we're getting a very splashy defeat or a drip, drip, drip type of defeat. That's what's on the offer. And you don't believe it? Find out. Why do you think time is so important? Because you listen to the thoughts, and thoughts are drenched in time. Know the importance of time? Because you do not appear as a self right now. You are remembered to have appeared as a self in the past, and you are remembered to appear as a self in the future. That's how self is remembered. The feeling of being you is a memory. We didn't have it when we were kids. The memory wasn't strong enough, so there was no memory of being a you. And therefore, you look at the kid's behavior. As soon as the mental state gets developed enough, the memory comes in, and now you're remembering you. If you do something you really love, let's say surf or something like that, then what happens is your interest and attention is so drawn into the event, you're freed from the remembrance of self. And for us, when we come out of the water or out of that bedroom after the sex, you think that was the greatest experience you've ever had, but that's the mental state claiming something it had nothing to do with. It wasn't there for all intents and purposes because it never's there. It, did, it was seeming not to be there because you weren't keenly interested in it. You were interested in what was going on, and you would call that being in the zone or being in a peak experience. And as soon as that the mental state regroups, it comes up and claims the being the one that was in that experience, and that becomes an interpretation again. On and on and on and on and on. You get a great experience of being removed out of self, it comes up, claims it, out, and now fuck you. It uses exactly, it uses the evidence of its non-existence to produce its own existence again. See it. If you see it, it's the end of it, because you're it. All of that is happening after you. You are what's behind the camera. We're taking ourselves to be something that's appearing in front of the camera, that's implying and assuming it's behind the camera, but it ain't. Yeah? Your freedom lies exactly where the activity of the problem is occurring. It's from exact same place. You are what you're looking for. The seeker is the sort. What's looking is what you're looking for. Right now, right now, right now. You just don't think so. Seriously. And if you lose interest in the thought, you won't the thinking won't be your little Geiger counter anymore, and you'll realize you're the fucking uranium. Look at thoughts, see the mind that comes before them. Question the mind, forget about the thoughts. It's like a false trail. The mental state wants you to follow. I'm going to work on my thoughts. No, question the idea that they're yours. If they're not yours, what will happen? You'll lose interest in them. Why are you so interested in them? Because they're about you. So go the opposite way. If they're not about me, you're going to lose interest in the thoughts. What's going to happen? You don't lose interest. It just leaves that dead preoccupation, and now maybe enriches your life right now. So you find, really what people are missing the most, like alcoholics in my view and addicts, they're really missing themselves the most. They've been so they've been so hijacked that they're not in their own lives in this, in the, to an extent, seemingly. Yeah. So they're really longing, they're super longing for themselves to show up, basically. What is that? What is your? What is what you are showing up? How is this going to be expressed through interest and attention? It's the interest and attention that's the it's that's the live wire of manifestation of being here. Is the interest and attention? If it's waylaid and it's been hijacked and put into past and future, it'll be like you're not even here. And what happens if you're not even here? You'll believe everything about there. You won't have any place to anchor in. You will be, the here that you think is here is a mental here, chock full of yesterday and tomorrow. And of course, a lot of us, when we're confronted with that dilemma, we want to get high. We want some relief in that slavery. And I was willing to pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. Because that was the dilemma I was in. It was a huge imperative. Get relief from here. But the here I wanted relief from wasn't here. It was a mental here. That's why I could never escape, because it's not so. The solution was right here all the time, but I didn't see here. All I saw here was yesterday and tomorrow. Running away from fucking all the things I thought I did or I should have done, that I didn't, and then the fear of everything catching up to me. There is a solution. Just start with that. I had it with recovery. They went into these meetings. I don't know if everyone here is in recovery, but it is a magical thing, because they have, knowing it or not, they produce these meetings, which is sort of like in the old days, the tribe would meet at night around the campfire. And you get that sense of belonging in community, which is really, really uh, valuable if it's valuable to you, which it was to me. When I realized after months of being AA, what I was feeling was a sense of belonging, then I knew how absent that had been in most of my life. And it was really, really helpful to chill me out here, was to have that feeling. So here we have these meetings, and people, I came in with this very strong. Uh, like a membrane of terminal uniqueness. Yeah. I really believe no one thought like I did. No one felt like I did. No one did the heinous things that I had done. Yes? And I, that, was my, that was my basic reference. And I'd come to meetings, and I'd listen to people the first few months, and what they would share would be their thoughts, their feelings, and their experiences in life. And I came to two conclusions after a few months. I said how did they get my thoughts, my feelings, and my actions, or they're not my thoughts, my feelings, and my actions? Now, the latter was very fucking free, because it gave me some space between the thought and the my that I hitched it with. My was a, was a basic stock hitch called alcoholism, but I hitched that my to all the thoughts and thought I was so unique. It gave space where I saw the mind got a little weakened, and then I could just see thoughts, and I could start saying, they are at least the alcoholic thoughts, and I got some space. And then the orbit around me got moved out, and I felt that space or that largeness, yeah? and I, my mind just kept entertaining it, and there's no stopping how far I can go. You expand out of the system of thought interpretation, and now you're in the field of mind, big M mind. Now your downloads aren't horizontal, they're like vertical. Now there's a timeless quality to the solution that you're entertaining, not another time solution, which is all doing and having and vigilance and practice and shit like that. No, you've, you've realized you are actually what you're looking for through all those activities. You are that right now with no customization, no work on it because how are you going to work on no thingness? Where are you going to grab it? How can you embrace no thing? Where can you go to get closer to it if it's everywhere? How do what do I need to, what is there to purify when I'm not to receive what I am? Why not just lose interest in what you're not and you realize, It's way past the point of receiving it. You are it. (laughs) Now people receive it in the sense from you, through you, by you holding the space that they seem to be appearing. Without any effort or thought, it's just a natural byproduct. You lose interest in the self, you gain interest in others. Maybe not in the way you think, oh, tell me everything that's going on. I could care less if you were married, therefore I'm not even I could care even more or less if you're divorced. I could give it to the bubble that. But the interest will be holding the space for people to be just what they are, which they're not a person. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how fucking damn right they want to be, you're just sitting there. <laughs> Nope, you're not that. You don't say it, but you just no. <laughs> let them do that thing, and you no, no, no I don't buy that. <laughs> nope, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you'll feel a lot better, honey. Just the possibility. That's why we put so many talks out. You don't expect anyone to understand it. Understanding is like the booby prize, really. This The spiritual subpoena has been served by you walking in here. Your willingness is going to be the driving force. It'll germinate the seed that this possibility has been put in you. Yeah? And it'll grow the way it wants. It may take time, it may take no time. It's all up to mind. Yeah? But you're just going to be at the effect of it. You are the effect of it, basically. You're like the brush of the artist's hand. Yeah? You're right. You're at the you're at the point where the brush hits the canvas. That's what you are. The brush can't fucking get any idea of what's really doing all the painting. It's not its job to. But you can feel the spirit. You can feel the energy. You can feel the presence moving through you. You can feel the water moving through the hose. Yeah. You can intimate it, and that's that's the joy of all joys. Yeah. It would be ruined if you could see it. Because if you could see it, then there would be a moment where you couldn't see it. But this has nothing to do with time, has nothing to do with things, it's not infrequent, nor is it far or close. It doesn't have location and dimension and geography in it. It's like the ocean, and you're like... You're the ocean. (laughs) I mean... <laughs> we're past even the point of a fish. You could think the fish could think it was dry, and maybe all the while it was swimming around the ocean, it could be longing for the ocean its whole life, being the biggest joke of all. But we're even past that. We're the o- we're ocean. We're not even. There's not even. This is not even close to playing the role of a fish. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen a dead body? I saw one. I've seen many, but I saw one when I was nine years old. My uncle Fred. My mother took me up to the casket, and it was an open casket. And I looked in, and my little head just realized that ain't Uncle Fred, (laughs) like instantaneous, because there was the body, like the husk. But what I was, what I was, I inferred that spirit into the body by seeing the body. I thought that was Uncle Fred, but then when the spirit was out of the body, it was super clear that wasn't Uncle Fred. And then I, in hindsight, I look back and see. All I did was beget my own idea that I'm a body to that body, Uncle Fred. Yet when I saw what I am who seemingly leave it, that wasn't Uncle Fred, and therefore yes. Yeah. All you need is one stroke, man, one little whack, and have faith in mind. Do you have doubts about your head? Because you're t- you're trying to You're taking your mind to be the mental state. That's not mind. That's a mental state. We're relying on the mental state as if it's mind, but it's not mind. It's unreliable. It's been formatted, yeah? It sees things and only things. It believes in time. Yes? Separation, all this stuff, is its core programming. And there's no point of trying to change it. Just realize you're not beholden to it. Yeah. Just realize you're not beholden to it. It's funny, in recovery, the first step... We're presented, which is a reflective step. You reflect on your life, past life, and it says a simple statement We were powerless over alcohol, and our lives have become unmanageable. Yeah, that's the reflection, that's what it's saying. So, over the years, that powerlessness, we used to always have a saying in recovery that powerlessness is like sort of dancing with a gorilla. You're going to stop when the gorilla wants to stop, yeah? So you have no say in the matter. Once the alcohol or drug was introduced, the parasite got its oomph, and basically you were used for transportation, physical, yeah? And so you did all this shit, and you did that, and did this. And so be very clear about it, that you were powerless, that should let you off the hook, you know? You realize, Jesus, so Christ, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, like I was apt to do almost anything unless you could physically stop me when I was out there, so... So if you see this, and we always talk about you have to be thoroughly convinced about the first step, 100%, but most of us miss a lot of it, which is we don't see the powerlessness of it because the mental state still believes we did it. It's still going back in time and, and harvesting guilt and shame about behaviors that were exhibited when we were under the influence greatly, yes? Yet it says powerless. And people believe they've done it 100%, but they haven't done it 100% because of every night when I hear them bring their harvest of guilt and shame from the behavior that they exhibited when they were drinking and using, it demonstrates to me that the powerlessness hasn't been grokked, so to speak, yeah? Because the powerlessness is one of the first reliefs of your own hook. You realize, if I did drugs and alcohol... No way I knew what was going to happen. Then why am I going back over it and harvesting guilt and shame for being the doer of that behavior? That's a stubborn mental state, yeah? That it can override the, the obvious evidence that you had nothing to do with what actually was happening for you, and yet still claim that you did and you shouldn't have done it. This is why alcoholism relieves us of some stuff, but I'll tell you, in the relief of alcoholism, selfing can thrive still. The selfing can thrive. It can become identified as a recovered person. It can become that and it will be producing guilt and shame out of your new situation. It doesn't guilt and shame isn't based on sizes of circumstances. It's based on the head. The alcoholism addressed leads you to the real root of the problem, which is self-centeredness, which is identification as a self. Yeah, That's where the real, 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 real relief will come. Because now, instead of having the experience the problem doesn't exist for you, yeah, you'll have the state that the problem doesn't exist as you. Yeah? The problem doesn't exist for you, but you're still the as you. When you realize it doesn't exist as you, then it doesn't. It's not an experience anymore. It's a state. Yeah. A state has much more long-lasting effects. It's more like a principle. You it, know, it's it's it outshines circumstances and situations. Yeah. and then you stop subscribing to k <laughs> the golden oldie stations you know you pick up some other ones you know, like nature sounds or like <laughs> the celestial spheres you get other downloads occurring that are much more suitable to contentment and serenity and satisfaction and peace yeah you know? Your mind becomes chilled out enough so that it can enjoy peace of mind. Because peace is of mind. It's not of circumstances and situations. It is not. It's of mind. Yeah? That's where peace is. It's of the mind. Big M mind. So is serenity. So is acceptance. Yeah? See you, bro. All of it's of mind. Yeah? Not of the mental state. The mental, in the mental state, peace becomes something you can lose or something you can acquire only to think you can lose it. yeah that's not peace is it? If you had a peace that got that produced anxiety <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> you know what I mean that seems, makes no sense to me. Oh, I had the piece. I'm really, how am I going to keep this? (laughs) You have got to see the flawed format there. This is like, if you don't have it, you can't lose it. Ah, that works. If it's not done, it can't be undone. That works. (laughs) It has super, super very little to do with me. Boom, that works. That works incredibly well. <laughs> Once I become in the equation, the peace seems infrequent. <laughs> I've got to go to India. <laughs> Get out the maps and the old books. and <laughs> It's like that. One second. And it adds thousands of miles. Once it gets its little foot in the door and you believe you have something to do with it, it's going to null and void it. You're going to have anxiety around enlightenment, which is the most insane thing I've ever heard. Which enlightenment, in one definition, it means cessation of all suffering, and you're entertaining it as producing suffering. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's right in front of our eyes. You just see it. Something doesn't work. We approach peace and we make it a commodity. We believe we did something to produce it. Therefore, we can do something to unproduce it. That's not peace of mind. That's a conditional, circumstantial peace. Yeah? Very, very volatile. Could stay, could go. Yeah. It's apt to get you very, very in a lot of distress trying to keep it longer or make it stay or reproduce it. All that, all it is then, peace is just a big full-length mirror to see your imaginary self in. There is a solution. Entertain the possibility or don't. It doesn't matter. When this is done, it'll be like it never happened anyway. This little... Time splice. We seem to be in. You're not going to be. You're not going to be able to experience your own death. The only people that are going to experience your death are other people. <laughs> you're going to die. <laughs> it's going to come to an end. The voice box has no more to say when the body collapses. It doesn't. It's not like hovering, Oh, you really did it this time. No, it doesn't. It's 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 totally contrived with the body. Yeah the body that ends the, your eternal soul that's been yapping all these years isn't eternal <laughs> it wasn't a soul <laughs> it was a mental state <laughs> you're so afraid of dying you won't even know it happened probably have <laughs> you had a big traumatic experience I've had it a few of them, car accidents, getting, uh, hitting my head on the water and the bottom. And, uh, where at the moment of the real event, the selfing was nowhere to be found. Because, <laughs> especially if you hit your head, the brain's producing the selfing. If you hit the brain, like I hit the, my head in the water, and I shut the nervous system off, which also shut off the brain, and there was no self. All there was was gold, Everything was gold-rimmed, the event. I swear to God, it was just a giant gold-rimmed event. And there was no narrator, no observer, nothing. You know what I mean? Then my arms and my thing came to, and the first thing my myself said is, I can't take the ambulance. It costs too much money. <laughs> that was the first noble, fucking profound thing it said, based on fear. I can't afford that ambulance. Fuck it. I'll die here on the beach. Don't take it anywhere. <laughs> you would expect something better at that moment, you know. Oh, this is... I was with the creator. No. Oh, I can't pay the insurance. Oh, they're going to kill me. <laughs> You're almost dead anyway. No, but don't. everyone will know I'm a destitute mom. Oh, no. That's like... That's like mental death. More than actually the death, it was like people thinking of something about you. Which all they were thinking about is what you think they're thinking about. You fucking have no idea what's going on in their head. <laughs> I live for others, yes you do. I know what they're thinking about me. You don't have a fucking clue. You, you don't even know what you're thinking about me. <laughs> <laughs> and don't waste time trying to change your thoughts. Forget it. it's insane. It's insane. It's a, it's, a, it's a pointless endeavor because they're not yours to begin with. Yeah. Why do you think they're so unruly? They don't come under your sway, do they? Do they stop when you want them to stop? You have no power over them. They're just like winds. They're like mental winds blowing. They blow, they blow, and the leaves that the winds are blowing are like the thoughts. They blow them in, they blow them out. And then there's a thought that precedes all those thoughts, which are my thoughts. They're my feelings. They're my seeing. They're my actions. That's the bondage of self. Yeah, so that's it. Any Any questions? No? laughter laughter